Well, welcome to River Valley Christian Church, Lake Almo, Minnesota. Uh, so come on in, find yourself a seat, get all comfortable. Uh, welcome to you all that are online. Uh, for those that are online at home, crank it up. For those who are here, make sure you turn your phones down. Um, just blessed to have everybody here today and those that are online. Um, our, our God is amazing. And, uh, man, why do I always have to cry? <laughs> I got it. Because uh, I know who I am, and I can't, it's just hard for me to believe how much he loves me. Um, so that's why I, I get this way. So anyways, uh, just been going through a, just a season right now. Um, and uh, um, Saturday morning, Lord woke me up with a dream. And he's... Just with the testing that's going on, he goes, Paul, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But he goes, but I'm after your heart. So I'm like, okay, thanks. I know that. But then I just started reading in the Bible the parts where it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm just like, I'm going to stand on this. And it's like, you know, when you read the Bible and there's a part, there's a scripture that just comes alive. It's like, it's almost like it's a prophecy over you and you're just like, amen, I'm claiming it. So I'm going to try to read this without crying. (laughs) So in Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, all your life, no one will be able able to hold out against you. In the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength, courage. You are going to lead the people to inherit the land that I promised to give the ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you will get to where you are going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God is with you every step you take. And you always try to figure out, is it that people have a calling on their life or that they just realize how much God loves them? And then they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm accepting everything that's written in the Word. I'm accepting it as a promise, and I'm going for it. And you are going to go through seasons of times where you're like, oh, this is difficult. And sometimes it's because the decisions you make that he's, but he's not leaving you. He's just sitting right next to you saying, come on, come, come, come on, come on, come back to me. Come on, I want to give you a hug, and I want to carry you. 
So just, just turn this way. He's so gentle about being such a loving father that even when our own kids go through difficult times, you just want to hold them. I don't even care what they're going through. You just want to hold them because you want to encourage them in life because we're overcomers in this world. We're overcomers in this world because he has called all of us, but you just have to realize that he's called you. So press into him and he will, he will get, take your heart, every bit of it, and we're going to change the world and we're going to win this land. So stand with me and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the price that you paid to restore our relationship with our Father. That because of you, we all can come boldly to the throne of God. We can all come boldly to the throne of God because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we can come boldly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's good to worship Him, isn't it? It's good to worship Him. This morning, we're going to receive communion as it's part of worship. This is remembering what He's done. Remembering the price that He paid, the the debt that He paid, the life that He gave, and that it was all for us. It was so that we could have life and have life more abundantly. The Bible says that the night before he was betrayed, or the night he was betrayed, says that he was with his disciples and they were having the last supper that he would have on earth. And during that meal, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And at the end of the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is, this is the blood of the new covenant. My blood shed for you for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so today, we remember. We remember every day. Doesn't, that doesn't change that. But today, we honor him and we obey him by doing what he said to do. And that is to receive communion. To, to share this meal together and to remember what he did. So as you come forward, if you're new here, if you're born again, we encourage you. We'd love for you to be to join with us. And what we do is we come down the, or these, these areas come down the center aisle and then go back through the two side aisles. And those two aisles come down the center there and go back that way. And same over here. But what we're going to do is today, come, come forward, receive the elements, but then wait. And then at the end of when everybody's gone through, then we'll receive together. Amen. And we'll celebrate together. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand, please. He is worthy. Amen. Amen. Father, we do thank you for that, that price that Jesus paid. Thank you, Jesus, for your willingness and your, your obedience to the Father for doing it for us. We take these elements today. We remember that this is your body broken for us. And this this juice is, is representative of the blood of Christ, the new covenant. And we receive it with joy. We receive it with gladness. And we are especially receive it with thankfulness 
this morning, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. It is certainly good to see everyone and and uh, have everybody here. This morning, we actually have some other extra folks, extra folks, you're, you're, you're not extra folks, but there are some folks from the other churches that are actually here. Um, this morning, we're going to pray for the mission team. Um, I know it's, they don't, the team itself, the larger part of the team does not leave for a, a couple of weeks, but uh, different people are leaving at different stages. And so Peter and Kayla and, and Esther are going to be heading out uh, this week and uh, going over and doing some prep work. And, and Brian's going to be heading over in two weeks, or not, like, not this week, but the next week after that doing prep work, and then the team will go. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray for the team. So if you're on the mission team, if you're going to be going to Hungary, why don't you come up real quick. Uh, come on up. Be up front up here. And, uh, yep, somebody somebody switch out for Pedro. Thank you. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Anybody else needs to switch out? Come on up. Jason can switch out for Greg. Pastor Greg's coming. There he is. Fantastic. Hallelujah. I'm not going on this. I know this is very strange for me. I'm not going on this mission trip. Usually I'm part of it. And, but with everything going on this summer, the busyness and the craziness of the summer and everything that could happen, I just uh, wasn't, wasn't right this year to, to be gone for outside of that. I'm going to have Peter share a little bit. Um, can somebody grab the microphone for me? You're way ahead of me. I don't I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow Peter to share for a little bit here. About... All right, good morning. Um, so we have a unique opportunity to uh, go on this mission trip. We're actually going to be going through three countries. The mission team will land in Austria, Vienna, and then we go to minister in Western Hungary. Then from there we go to Southern Hungary. And from there, we have an opportunity to go into the Ukraine, just across the border. And there, we're going to have an opportunity to minister in some of these refugee camps. Um, and when I say minister, really, from sharing the gospel, we're going to do a large evangelistic event with Eddie. For those of you who remember him, he was, he was here uh, a few months ago. But also, we're going to have an opportunity there to do some uh, charitive type of work, like giving out food and uh, other supplies as well. Um, and then uh, it's a pretty long mission trip also. It's going to be over uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks. So it starts with July 20th, and uh, they're going to be back. The team will be back on August 7th, I believe. And we're going to try to keep you guys posted while we're uh, and updated while we're gone. I don't know if this will work with technology, but I, I think it will, at least in my head it works. But what we'll try to do is there are two Sundays when we are gone, and we're going to try to come up here uh, through a live feed for you guys on the screens, and you're going to be able to see the team while we're over there. So hopefully we can give you some updates then. So that's my plan. We'll see if it works. So stay tuned for that. And then just one more announcement before we pray. And, and again, we really appreciate all the support that, that we've been. So many people have talked to me and asked me how, what we can do, how we can support. So as you see these guys, some of them are totally done uh, fundraising, which is praise God. But there are some of them who are not completely done. And if it's still in your heart to maybe give towards one of their trips, 
you can ask Debbie uh, after church, and Debbie will let you know who's the most desperate. <laughs> um, so Debbie can give you an update on, you know, uh, how people are doing. Because like I said, we really, some people were done fundraising, you know, within two weeks after we announced. But uh, besides that, also, I want to give an opportunity to just say this, that if you want to donate to the General Mission Fund, um, we have... Um, so with the out- outreaches that we're going to do, and obviously that takes a lot of extra cost. That's above and beyond what all these guys are paying for for their trip. So you could you have that option to donate there, or let me just say this: I as I went, as I was going around in local businesses, and I was people ask me, "Oh, where are you from?" And you know they find out I'm from Hungary, and they start asking questions, and I start telling them that we're going on a mission trip. Lots of business owners said, I want to support that because I know a lot of people have the Ukraine on their heart and what's going on. So I do have some letters that are general letters from RVCC saying, we're doing this mission work with this team. So you could just take that. If you talk to me, I'll give you some and you can give it out to um, certain people you may know. And then one more thing, for those of you who have been fundraising through races and other uh, volunteer events that we had fundraisers with the church, I know there's some people here who don't even realize that they have a lot of money in your church account that you can only use for church-related things. Like you can, you know, we talked about camps and stuff like that. But you can designate that to one of these guys' uh, mission trip if you would like. So. If you have a question about that, you can ask Debbie, and Debbie will let you know how much you have in your account that you can locate where, however you want. Amen. All right. So uh, some people ask why? Why? I mean, is is the reason we go to Hungary and Romania and these places because of Peter? Because Peter's from Hungary. That's not it. For those of you that haven't been here for many, many years, we actually found Peter uh, in Hungary, and uh, <laughs> we brought him home with us. So yeah, and. Uh, but he was actually going to school here, and he was he was building homes in the same Romanian village that we were doing ministry, and so we became friends, and and, and he helped us with the interpretation, and he's now been here for over eight years. So just a wonderful, wonderful addition. God God's done a wonderful thing. But he still has family there, so they're going to be spending some time with family while they're there. So they're going to be gone a little bit longer than everybody else, but for good reasons. Amen? Well, let's just join together and let's pray for them and uh, pray for God's blessing on this trip. Father, we do thank you so much for these, these folks, for these, uh, those who are, are following after you, doing what you want them to do. You've told them to go and they're going. And Lord, I thank you that everything they need is, is uh, given to them. All the finances they need, all the peace they need, all the help they need, whatever they need, Father, they lack no good thing. And so, Father, I thank you that as they go, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Father, I thank you every place that they go, they have complete safety, whether it's the flights, the driving, the, the time they're in Ukraine, whatever it is, Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against them prospers. Lord, I thank you that there is peace in their families' homes. If their family is sending them, that they're not in any way, shape, or form nervous or, or, or worked up. But Father, that they are walking in your peace. There's a supernatural peace 
that is with them and is also at home. And Lord, we as the body of Christ here, as we send them, because they're not just going, Lord, we're sending them. They're send, we're sending them with our blessings, Father, and with our prayers and with our support. And we thank you, Lord, that, that every soul that's saved, every life that's changed, every body that's healed, Father, we all, we all benefit in the Spirit. We all are a part of that reward. And so, Father, whether the, whether we're going or whether we're staying, whether we're being sent or whether we're sending, Father, we're all a part of this mission trip. And Lord, we, we purpose as the body of Christ is staying back here to pray for them as you give us opportunity. As you tell us to do it, we'll lift them up. Amen? Amen. Lord, so we just send them now in Jesus' name and we bless them in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I'm going to have you do real quick. You still have that microphone? Why don't you hand it all the way down to Pastor Greg, and, and you know he'll already have done what I've, I'm going to ask to do. Just I want them to share their name. That way, as you watch, look at them, that you understand who they are and, and that you hear their name. Because if the Lord tells you to pray for somebody, that's what you need to do. Amen? So I'm going to have, just have them introduce themselves real quick. My name is Greg. Please pray for me. I'm stuck with all these people for almost three weeks. Hi, my name is Pedro. Daniel Nain. I'm Isaac Honebrink. Kayla Molnar and Esther Molnar, baby. Peter Molnar. I'm Mary Belchner. Don Martin. Isaac Moreno. Tally Nitzel. Zoe Logan. Jennifer Logan, and yes, I'm playing hooky from Engage today, but just for this. And also, Brian Goodspeed isn't here, but keep him in your prayers. Jean-Pierre DiBianchi. And Brian Eager. Amen. Amen. Other than Mark Bezdechek, that's why I was wondering, is there anybody else that was... Uh... Okay, okay, settle down. Settle down. I'm, I, I apologize. Who else am I missing? Jonathan? I'm thinking of the last name. Blanchard, yes. Because I'm looking at you and still hearing the other name. So I was believing. Jonathan Blanchard and Pastor Karen, uh, she's over at Impact, and Mark Bezdechek and Brian. Anybody else? All right, let's give them a warm welcome, warm round of applause. You are released. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, children, children, if you're still in here, you are free to go to your class. So glad you've been a part of this morning. And now you get to have more fun than we're going to have. It's going to be a lot of work in here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, turn with me, please, to John chapter 1. This is where we started last week. Started a series last week on grace. We're going to continue that, and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of little bit of review. Not not a whole lot, but then I'm going to get into. There's a specific point this morning I want to get to. But beginning with John one, beginning with verse twelve, says, "But to all who did receive him, did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, the name of Jesus." He gave the right to become children of God. Can I get an amen out of that? That's, that's awesome. Praise God. 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is called the Word. He is the Word. He's the revealed Word of God, the Logos of God. And it says, and John says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. If you remember, if, for those of you that are reading through the, the daily reading, this just even today was talking about Jesus talking about John. And he talked about John the Baptist, not John the disciple, John the Baptist. And he said, what did you go out to see? Who did you go out there to, to hear? Who did you go out to listen to? He said, did you go to listen to a weed being blown in the wind? Did you go out to hear somebody in fine clothing? And he says, no, somebody, people who wear fine clothing are in king's houses. Who did you go out there to hear? He says, you went out to hear a prophet. You went out there to hear a prophet, of, and he says, of, of, the, of, of people born of, of a woman for, from the beginning of time until the time of John the Baptist, there isn't a single person who was greater than John the Baptist. He was the greatest. That's what Jesus said. What a testimony. But this is who is talking here. John the Baptist is speaking in the ear, or John, is, John the disciple is quoting John the Baptist, and he's saying, he says, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from the fullness or from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the, the ministry of Jesus was talking, talked a lot about Jesus coming to fulfill the law. The law was given on purpose. The law was given on purpose so that you knew, people knew that they needed a Savior. The law didn't save anybody. The law just pointed out that you can't do it. They, you know, it, it, people say, well, why, why is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament? I've heard that. Have you ever heard that? I mean, maybe I study it and hear Well, he's not the different. He's not at all different. He's the same God, obviously. He's the same God. He just had to show the reason before he sent the answer. He had to show that you can't do it. You can't live perfect. I mean, we have people that that, that was their whole job, the priests, their whole job was to live perfect. If they didn't live perfect, they could be destroyed doing the work of the in the temple. I mean, the the uh, the, the chief priest had to wear bells on his on his garments because if he went into the holy of holies and he did it wrong, any part of it, any part of the, all the law, the all the things, all the requirements, if he did any part of it wrong. Didn't know that that's what that was. That just came out of me. Snuffed out, dumped. They used to tie a rope around his ankle because nobody else can go into the Holy of Holies. So if the bells quit jingling, they got to pull him out. 
Man, how many of you are signing up for that job? <laughs> you know, knowing that you have to do it perfect. But even they didn't do it perfect. I mean, they, they survived that part by the grace of God. But you, you, the whole idea of the law that Moses gave was to show that you can't do it. So why do we keep trying? No, I'm not saying don't be good. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't sin. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, God loves you. God has accepted you into His family. God has has already told you that if you believe in what Jesus did on the cross, that you don't have to be perfect to receive any of that. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. I had a conversation with God recently. I wasn't even going to talk about it. I didn't know I was going to talk about it, but all of a sudden, here I am. I'm talking about it. I had a conversation with God recently. I said, you know what, God? I, 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 I only got one thing that I struggle with. I mean, that I really, really struggle with. One, one attitude. One, one thing that just keeps... And, it, and, I, and I want to stop doing that. I mean, I, I quit stealing things a long time ago. You know, people start thinking about the big ones. You know, I haven't killed anybody in a long, long time. Ever. Just so you know, ever. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't, you know, I haven't, I, I haven't done, I mean, those kind of things. It, it's, it's down to my heart. But it's still sin. It's still sin, and it still bothers me. I mean, I, and, I, and I said, Lord, I, I, it's, I'm kind of down to one thing that just, oh, it just ticks me off that I can't, that I, it's just like, I, I, I do it really well for weeks and weeks, and then all of a sudden, ooh, there it is. And then I beat myself, Lord, why do I do that? Why, Father, forgive me. Forgive, oh, Lord. And I go through a couple of days of feeling sorry for myself and beating myself up. And then this morning, we get into the opening. I just love you. God just tells me, John, I just love you. He, he knew who I, he was. He knew what he was getting himself into when he picked me. He knew what he was getting himself into when he picked you. It is by grace that you're saved through faith. Not through works. Not through being good enough. Not through doing anything in and of your own strength. If you could do it, I'm already jumped way ahead in my, my notes, but it just fits right. If there was anything you could do to be good enough, then you'd boast about it, which is a sin. Pride. Yeah, look at me. I don't ever mess up, ever. And then you look at my wife and she goes, For from his, verse 16, for from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He brought grace. Praise God. Praise God, the God of the Old Testament, which is the same God as the God of the New Testament, looked at people and went, I needed to show you why you needed him. I needed to show you why you needed Jesus. 
And now here's Jesus. Receive Him. Grace. We talked about what grace is. Grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and and the bestowing or the bestowal of blessing. Free and unmerited favor. How much does it cost you to receive the grace of God? Nothing. Nothing you can do, nothing you can say, nothing you can be, nothing. Nothing multiplied by nothing, and I don't believe they've changed that math yet, is still nothing. There's nothing you can do. So why do we keep slipping back into this, I haven't been good enough lately. I don't deserve this. I don't... Because we don't understand grace. The more revelation of grace, and I think I said this a number of months ago, we were talking about something else. But that lesson, this, this idea of grace is something the Lord has been dealing with me on for a number of years now. He's showing me His level of grace in my life, and I, I can't comprehend it. I've still, I still am blown away by His grace towards me. How much He cares about me that He just says, John, you can't do it, so stop trying. Do what I tell you to do. Just, just be in me. Just be in Christ. Be in the anointing. Just be a part. I already, I've already welcomed you in. Just relax and enjoy it. Now, now, does that mean I could just freely do whatever I want and sin? Well, of course not. No. That's why it bothers me still so much. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to have any sin in my life. Used to really bother me. Years ago, it bothered me more than it even bothers me now because I'm starting, I'm, on, I'm understanding grace. But I used to think, oh, you know, and, oh, God, I'm, I'm keep jumping way ahead. There's other verses. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But I keep thinking, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And I would just beat myself up. And one day I heard a, a preacher, and I can't remember who it was. I didn't write it down. I should have probably, you know, made notes and remembered it. But some preacher said, the closer you get to God, the more you realize who you are. That was a very profound statement. I need, was that right at the time I needed? The closer you get to God, the more you realize who you are. It, it really set me free because I, I, I thought, man, I'm, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to grow. I'm, ne- I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, it seems like some days I'm farther away from God than I was at the beginning because at the beginning I just felt free. And I just felt clean and I just I was like, oh. But then he started showing me who I am. I'd read in the Word and the light would come on and it would be like, whatever that was. Sorry for the, for the sound effects today. I was, wasn't really planning on doing sound effects today. But, but this evil thing that was, you know, that was lurking in me, it's just like, oh, it doesn't want the light. And, ah, and then I'd be all bummed because that thing is still there or that habit or that, mm, that, 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 whatever. But then over the years as that's been dealt with and that's dealt with, I mean, I don't, I don't do a lot of the things, most of the things that I did 35 years ago. 40 years ago. But then the closer you get to God, you start still realizing He's still pure. He's still perfect. And I'm not. 
That's why we need grace. Unmerited favor. That means you still deal with it. You let sanctification keep working. We talked about sanctification a long time ago. Sanctification means the process that you go through to make you not like that. It's the process you go through where you quit cheating, stealing, killing, destroying, lying, whatever. It's the process that God takes you through, and it's still not you going, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it. It's just, Lord, I can't, I can't help it. I need your help, man. I need your help. Help me, Father. And He does it. He does it. So that's where I'm at, even with that one thing. I keep coming back, and I went, I'm like, God, I, I want to stop. I want to not have that attitude. I, I, I want to not think that way. I want to, Lord, I really, really, really don't want to do that, but I can't. I have tried for 35 years to stop thinking that way. And I can't do it. Lord, I give it to you. The sooner you give it to him, the sooner he deals with it in your life. grace, the unmerited favor of God. Ephesians 4, here's one of the verses I jumped too quickly through. Ephesians 2, begin with verse 4, shared it last week. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is by grace you are saved through faith. Faith does not save you. Doesn't save you. But the Bible says that, that without faith it's impossible to please God. Yes. Those are not two opposite thoughts. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. Grace is God's unmerited favor. You could have all the faith in the world that God is who He says He is. You could have all the faith in the world that Jesus was on the earth, lived, died on the cross, and rose again. You can believe that with all of your heart. But without the grace, it is not, it doesn't get you saved. It's because He's opened the door for you to come in. He's open. He said, he said, come on in. Come on in. Come in, come on into my family. Come in. Now that here's the deal. Here's the door. Here's the door. You've got to come through that door. Come on in. You're all welcome. Everyone. The whole world is welcome. Come on in. But you've got to go through that door. Amen. And some people say, well, I want to use this door because there's many ways to God. Eh. It's not the way it works. Well, I, I want to use that door over there. It's closer. So what my family, my family's always told me that was my that was the door. No, nope, I'm sorry. 
That's the door. Just, I just, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to confess something. This is not the sin I was talking about before, but it's just, it's still one of those things. I, I, I was watching YouTube reels, you know, the YouTube things. I mean, how many of you get sucked up in that? You know, confess it. Come on, come on, just be honest. I got, you know, you're sitting there and you're waiting for something, you're waiting and, you, and you start watching one, and then you're just so far down the rabbit hole, you're just, you know, it's like, where, at, where's the afternoon gone? But I was watching one, and there's this huge auditorium, and there's a preacher up front, and a guy is, they're doing question and answer, and he, and the guy says, are you telling me that, that every other religion, all of these people who are honest, they're, they're good people, they've lived good lives, they've chosen, uh, to live according to the Buddhist faith, or the Hindu faith, or the whatever faith, and he says, they've, they've lived their whole lives good. They're good people. They're productive people. You mean all of those people are going to hell unless they come through Jesus Christ? And I was watching this, I was watching this, and I'm watching the speaker, and I'm thinking, hold strong, man, hold strong. You know, because there's a lot of people who folded under that question. And he stood there very, very, very I was proud of him. He stood there and he goes, yes, I'm telling you they're going to hell. Because there's only one name under heaven by which men might be saved. And that's Jesus Christ. You can't get there by being good enough. You can't be there by meditating enough or giving enough or going any, you know, doing anything. The only way you get there is because of that, that door died for you to have the, <laughs> have the, the key to open that door to eternity. That's the only name. And you didn't do anything to deserve it. He chose before the beginning of the world, before the beginning of the world, before the beginning of time, that he was going to do that for us. He chose by grace, his grace, unmerited favor. He gave us eternal life. Praise God. Now, I just said you can't be saved by faith. It's through faith, you're saved by grace. But now, I'm going to say something that you're going to go, well, I thought you just said the other, but listen to this very carefully. Salvation is not dependent on grace alone. It's not just grace, it's grace through faith. Everyone would be saved. If, if it was by grace alone, everyone would be saved. Now you'll hear that. You'll hear that in this world today, that everyone's saved. Not everyone is saved. Not everyone is saved. Not everyone spends eternity with God. It, you know, there are, there's a book written out. There's many books written out there. But love always wins. Love wins. Anybody ever heard that book? It's heresy. Well, wait a second. I thought, I thought you said love wins. You know, well, God's love wins. God's love wins. But there's a door. He decided there's a door. Love does win. Well, but if God loves everybody, everybody gets in. No. He does love everybody. But He said, there's a door. And if you won't obey, the one thing He said we got to do, the one thing, have faith in Jesus, then you don't qualify. By grace, through faith. If it were, if, if it was all about grace, if it was only grace, then everyone would be saved and going to heaven. But God's grace is the same toward everyone. Everyone has the same 
opportunity for the door, but they have to have faith that that's the door to walk through. Does that make sense? Does that get us there? All right. That was all review. And then we ended, I ended it last week with Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says, For, for the grace of God has appeared, bring, bringing salvation for all people. He brought it for all people. Everybody has an opportunity, but not everybody takes that opportunity. That's the difference. But here's what I want to talk about today. Grace is the basis for the Christian faith. We believe we are saved by faith through grace. God's grace is usually defined as undeserved favor. Grace cannot be earned. It is something that is freely given. We count on God's grace and the bridge He built in our relationship with Him. Turn with me to Hebrews 11, 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. But I want to talk about another aspect, another aspect of this idea of grace that sometimes gets confused with grace. And that concept is mercy. God is merciful. But grace and mercy are not the same thing. I want to talk about that. Hebrews 4, 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Think about this. Just think about it real quick. Not too long, but just real quick. Jesus was tempted in every single way that human beings were tempted. So that means Jesus was tempted to kill somebody. How many opportunities do you think he had when he was dealing with whoever he was dealing with? That he saw what was going on and went, boy, I'd like to. <laughs> and what was his answer? Well, what his answer was, was to Peter, do you realize I, that I, I could call legions of angels and end this right now? He didn't do it. Jesus was tempted by lust. Well, we don't talk about that a lot in church, but. If you don't understand that, that he was tempted, he had, he had women who surrounded him all the time. And there was an opportunity for him to do that. But it says that he lived his life without sin. So that means he chose, I don't want to do that. I want to serve my God. Jesus was tempted to steal something. Tempted. Now, I don't know if it was in the market when he was eight years old and there was a pack of gum there. I don't know what it was. But he was tempted in every way. How often was he tempted? We don't know. My guess is he was tempted pretty much all the time. Because Satan was trying to make him fall every moment he possibly could. But he didn't sin. He didn't sin. Now we, on the other hand, 
stole the pack of gum when you were five years old. We, we have done those things. And every time we do that, every time I do something, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that, Lord. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And I beat myself up. You beat yourself up. And you say, why? Why? You know, Lord, what, where, what, what would I be doing? What, who would I be? Where would I be if I didn't sin? Well, you'd be Jesus. And you can't be. There's only been one who was perfect. So just enjoy the fact that he said, have faith in me and you're in. Amen? He's able to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect was tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that verse 16 has two uses of the word grace and one usage of the word mercy. Some people interchange them. They think that grace and mercy are the same thing. They're not. They're something different. But even those two graces are talking about something different. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the second one until weeks following because grace isn't just about salvation. He's not giving you grace only for salvation. He's given us grace for salvation, but once we walk through that door, we're in. He's shown us that grace. He's given us that opportunity, but once we're in, we still need grace. But it's for something else. And what I'm not going to talk a lot about today, but there's two uses of the word grace here and one word, one use of the word mercy. Mercy is the compassionate treatment of those in distress. Especially when it is within one's power to punish or harm them. The word mercy derives from the medieval Latin um, merced or mercis, which means price paid. Isn't that interesting? It has the connotation of forgiveness, benevolence, and kindness. God showed us mercy through Christ. But how we received mercy was still by grace. He gave it to us. He gave it to us. Even His mercy, you can't earn His mercy. He chose to give you mercy. He's he's chosen to show you mercy before you were saved while you were being saved, and after you're being saved. We still need mercy. I, I need mercy, man. <laughs> I do. And I'm going to tell you what, what mercy to me means. Because God showed me, He actually spoke to me one night in a hospital room. The hospital room I was being treated in. He told me the difference between grace and mercy. I'm laying in this hospital room. I go, okay, God, you got. I, I, I'm, I'm paying attention now. It wasn't that He did anything to me to make me pay attention, but something happened to me. My heart was beating rapidly and erratically, and the doctors were putting drugs in me. And while I was laying there, and all of a sudden they all leave, and I'm laying there going, okay. And the Lord started showing me some things in my life, and He says, John, you've been running on mercy for a long time. I, I was indignant. What do you mean I've been, I've been running 
on the power of God. And he goes, no, you haven't. You've been doing it yourself. He says, the only reason you're alive today is because I'm giving you mercy. I said, okay, what's the difference between grace and mercy? And the Holy Spirit says, grace is receiving what you cannot earn, what you have not earned, what you don't deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. I don't, in my natural human state, I don't deserve heaven. In my natural human state, I didn't, any of us, we didn't deserve the ability to live the Christian life. That's by grace. In my natural, in, in who we were before Christ, we didn't deserve anything. He gave it to us anyway. Gave us the opportunity. That's grace. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. If a judge shows mercy on a somebody who's being judged, they've been found guilty, and he goes, here's the deal, you deserve 30 years no parole. But I'm going to show you mercy, and I'm only going to give you five with 10 years parole or whatever. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. We deserved hell. But He showed us mercy. But how did He show us mercy? He showed us mercy through grace. Because of our faith. But we need both. But mercy is purely on His part. It isn't isn't something I go, Lord, I really really deserve Your mercy right now. He's like, no, not actually. (laughs) Nope. I'm going to show grace to you, and I'm going to give you mercy Mercy is you don't you're gonna I'm I'm gonna make a way where where there was no way for you to spend eternity with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you how many oh gosh how many of you have ever been driving down the road? Happened to me yesterday. We have a section of road by where I live. It goes from fifty five to forty five, and the road doesn't look any different. It's the same width. It's the same length. I mean, it is. There's nothing there. It's just all of a sudden from forty, from fifty-five to forty-five, and I'm I'm going fifty-five, and I'm not even thinking, and I'm all of a sudden I'm going on that road faster than fifty-five, and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see a police officer sitting, and the first thing I think is mercy, 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 because I deserved. To get pulled over. Mercy. We want, we all want mercy. But here's the thing. We shouldn't, ha- we shouldn't live in mercy. And that's what the Lord showed me is, John, quit living in mercy. You can live in grace. Grace is the strength of God, the power of God, the, you know, grace. And we'll talk about that in weeks coming. Grace is the ability to do what he's called you to do. He's given eternal life through grace, by or through or by grace through faith, but he gives us the, the ability to live this life by grace. He didn't have to give you the ability to live this life, but praise God, he gave us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us grace to live. It's the power of God. Grace is the power of God to do what He's called you to do. That's the other side of grace. 
So grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Now you might say, well, that's too easy. Why? Why did God give... Why did... I'll just put it in real terms. Hitler. Hitler is in his bunker. The morning of his death, he's sitting there and he goes, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. Would God have forgiven him his sins? Absolutely. Why? Because of his mercy. Because he's merciful towards his creation. Now, we would look at that and go, wait a second. No, that's not fair. Look what he did. Look, look what he did. Look, look at the lives he ruined. Look at the world he ruined. Look at the pain, the suffering. Look, he doesn't deserve that. Exactly. That's the point. You mean that, you mean if he would have just humbled himself that morning and, and if he would have repented, that God would have forgave him? Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, not pretty much. Yes. Absolutely. Well, that's too easy. He just, he should suffer. Well, a lot of people can say that about you. That's too easy. That's too simple. There's even a verse that talks about that. 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Grace. Verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand a sign, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I know people. I've had that conversation. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing because I've, I've shared it here before. But I had somebody say, what do I have to do to be saved? And I said, because I, I, he wasn't asking, what do I have to do? What, 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 how do I do this? He was asking, what do I physically have to do to be saved? And I said, you, he's, he was Jewish. And I said, you don't have to do anything. You just receive what Jesus did on the cross and, and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. He goes, no, you don't understand. What do I have to do? And I said, man, you don't have to do anything. It's not by being good enough. It's not by this. It's not. And at the end of the conversation, he goes, he said, I, I just don't understand. It was too easy for him. It's too simple. But it's that simple. You don't have to prove anything to God. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You receive what he did on the cross, and he gives, you, gives that to you by grace, and you receive his mercy. 
You can't atone. Hitler couldn't atone for his sins. You can't atone for your sins. It's the same. You're in the same boat, man. There will be people. There will be people standing in front of God who were the worst possible human beings that have ever lived on this earth, right alongside of some of the nicest people you've ever met, if they haven't received Jesus. Because it's by grace that you're saved through faith in Christ alone. And through that, we receive mercy. Mercy. Praise the Lord. The Bible even talks about about giving as a grace and how God helps us to do that. But today, I just want to go to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke 6, 38. And I've got it right over here. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Give, and it shall be given unto you. So, here Jesus is revealing a spiritual law that... uh, that just works just the same way that he created natural law. We put a seed in the ground and we expect to harvest. That's natural. Well, this is spiritual. Give and it shall be given unto you. And, uh, you know, just recently as an example, I, I, uh, was really blessed to see, you know, one evangelism ministry giving another evangelism ministry a check for a million dollars. But the younger evangelist said to the older evangelist, I'm not doing this to help, to help you. I'm doing this to help me. Well, and, and the older evangelist had the wisdom to, to just be gracious enough to receive it because he understood this this principle and how this worked and the younger man was having was blessed with the opportunity to bring his whole life and ministry up to a brand new financial level it was it, it was amazing it it works in small things too i don't think my dad has um bought a watch for 25 or 30 years i i supply him with watches i do I do. In fact, I, I probably need to get him another one now. It's been a while. And, but, you, you know, then my wife and I wind up on a trip to, to Hawaii and somebody, a friend comes and pulls me aside and gives me a, a better watch than I'd ever, uh, than I'd ever had before. Just, just bless me. But, you know, the, every seed reproduces after its own kind and, and, uh, this is how God helps us to to be independent of what's going on with the world. We have a covenant with God where where if we work with Him and do things His way, we, we do have to work, but as far as you know giving and receiving and honoring Him and putting Him first, then uh, then He can make our life work independent of whatever might be going on in the world. Um, here's another one. Proverbs says that if you need friends, you should show yourself friendly. Okay, so you're sowing. You're sowing friendship. 
And um, I do not lack for friends. I have more friends than I have time to go out to lunch with. And it's just, life is so good that way. Anyway, um, how do we give around here? Online, in person, we do have a box in the back that I've made fun of before, but uh, can't tell the same joke again. Um, By mail, and um, praise God. And those of you online as well, thank you for participating in in our offering today. And let's pray. Thank you, Father for being so good to us. Thank you that your your grace abounds to us in every area of life. Thank you for giving us understanding of your word and and for the rich word that was that, that was taught to us today. I just bless everyone as they go on their way. In Jesus name. Amen.